Well, it's good to see you guys. Everybody good? Yeah? Good? Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving in advance to all of you. And, um, you know, uh, we're, uh, if you're new to Journey, you're always, like Eric just said, you're totally welcome here regardless of where you're at in your, your faith or whatever. And if you're, if you're new or new-ish, there's a, what, what we do to kind of get you kind of, you know, like, like helping you to figure out, well, do I want to do this church thing or not, is a thing we call First Step. And uh, we do it, just so you can remember, on the first Sunday of every month. And we feed you lunch and give you a little sh- show you around and talk about what we call journey DNA. And so that's, it's, it's really, it works pretty good. And usually, um, oftentimes, we've moved it over to the, our new room, the plaza room, because it used to fill up a lot and we couldn't take people in there some, at times. Sometimes it didn't. But um, so now we can take you in there, and especially this coming one in December. It's, I think that's in two weeks or... I don't know, I don't do, cal- I, I don't do calendars very well, but it, you, the first Sunday, whatever that is, you're welcome to that. And if you've been around a long time and have never done that, you should do that so you know what kind of church you're already involved in, right? It's like, I didn't know this was a cult, you know? So anyways, it's not, it's not really. I'm just kidding, just kidding. But we do have a secret haircut that we are all going to get. So um, anyways, uh, so... Uh, I, that, that really wasn't a tasteful joke, but um, anyways, um, so we're wrapping up this, uh, this series that's kind of an assertion, right? God speaks. It's kind of a bold assertion, and, and furthermore, here's the thing is, is we believe, and I think the Bible is real clear on this, frankly, we believe that you can learn to hear God speaking, and, and it could be for you that that's that missing piece in your life, that, that uh, ceiling that you can't quite get past that that lid you know that maybe regular interaction with God and direction from God is what's going to take your life to the next level like what if what if that was the case I I think this subject is that important and uh this um this is one of those series where it 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 kills me that it's not like 10 weeks or because there's like a lot to say about this and that's why all the messages have gone pathetically long so um uh, this one should end by tomorrow sometime. So uh, you can leave whenever you want, if that's now, fine. But I mean, like, anyways. But so here's what we've been asking you. And I'd ask you to just think about doing this this week. And that's despite your doubts, uh, would you dare to believe that God wants to speak to you? Not a theoretical thing where God speaks to people, but how about if you, if you dare to believe that God Almighty, yes, that God, wants to speak to you. Like that he has things to say to you. That he has stuff to say to you today, right now. And some of you have, whether you're brand new to this God thing, or whether you're a longtime churchgoer, that you've, you've heard people say things like that, and it's always felt like it's something for somebody else. Like, yeah, I hear Ed allude to that, and I've heard other people say that, but it doesn't, and, and like you've never had this moment where you knew God was, or, or you had a, you were pretty sure God was speaking to you. And listen, for some of you, that's going to change right now. Like in the next 30 minutes, you're going to go, whoa, I think God was speaking to me. God, God was not, and not just because we're, like not a theoretical, well, 
we're going to talk about the Bible. The Bible is God speaking to me, therefore God is speaking to me. No, where God like gets through to you. So if, if you'll dare to believe that, then you'll see some really cool stuff. And by the way, that's a good thing when God speaks to you. Now, if you're taking notes on your outline, there's an outline in your program that I'd encourage you to use. Um, here's what I would do. Put, circle that phrase, good thing, that that's a good thing. So here's what we've done for all the series, and I'm doing it again, is giving you like, uh, like some ways from the Bible that God tends to speak to people. And you'll notice there's a different list every week because there's lots of different ways. As you read the Bible, you'll see God speaking to people in lots of different ways. And what we're trying to do is take the ones that, that are the most common. So you can kind of in your head have kind of a, a, a bunch of categories. Well, you know, God, if, if maybe the only category you've had for God speaking to you is audible voice. Well, God occasionally speaks to people in an audible voice. Remember when I had my friend Lee up here and I said, how did you end up as a 60-year-old guy who's never been to Panama and doesn't speak a word of Spanish feeling called to just sell everything and go to Panama? And it started with his wife just minding her own business and hearing a voice from God saying, something's going to change big time in your life. That happens. I don't, I don't know how common that is. To be honest, that's never happened, I don't think, to me. I've had some things I'm like, was that an audible? But I've never had where I can say that. Some of you in this room are thinking, I have, but I've never told anybody because people will think I'm crazy because usually hearing voices is not considered a positive thing, right? But God does speak like that. But that's not common. Some of these that we're listing, these are the really common ways, a sample of ways that God speaks to us. And the first, and, and here's what I did on this part, is I just put them on your outline. So maybe in your life group or in your own time, you could just read these over and look up the verses that are there. And I'm just going to kind of give a brief, you know, a little brief deal. And one of them that I talked about is God's word. God speaks to you, of course, through God's word. And notice that I said, especially the Bible. Now, God's word is bigger than the Bible. Like there's more that God has to say than is in the Bible. And think, some, think about this. We're talking about, this is, this is a Bible. Really, it is. And, uh, and the God of the universe has more to say to us than could possibly contain in any book. In fact, you go, well, is that biblical? <laughs> in the Bible, John himself at the end of the book of John says, listen, if we recorded everything Jesus did and said, I don't think the entire, all the libraries in the world could contain this. Now, the Bible, here's what all Christ followers, I mean, all the, all the smart ones anyways believe, is that the Bible, yes, it is communication from God. And it kind of is our filter through which we evaluate all these other ones. But, but God speaks to us through words. The Bible says that the the word of God is living and active, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And, but when it comes, one of the main ways that God speaks to people is as they interact with him in the Bible. There's a verse that says this, all scripture is, is theonumas is the Greek word. Thea is, is God, right? And pneumas, like pneumonia and other things like that, is, is like to, is, is spirit, or it can be translated breath. So all scripture is inspirited by God. It is like God 
speaking, breathing out. It, you know, when Jesus ran into the, the guys post-Easter, like after Easter, there was this, they were together and Jesus was in the room and he said, shalom to you. And then he says, and then he, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. You know, you know I mean, so there's this sense where all, all the scripture has the breath of God on it. It is breathed out by God. So when we're reading these verses, they're like aspirations or expirations of God. Does that make sense? Yes? No? You guys in the back following me on this? All right? Good. I was wondering, because I can't tell if you're screwing around back there or what, what you're doing, <laughs> passing notes or whatever, right? But notice, the, can you throw the verse back up there? Notice that it, it helps us. It's profitable for us. It like actually builds us up and straightens us out and corrects us and trains us to live a good life, right? That's, that's what it does. It's, it, now, here's, here's the thing I got to say, like the little, uh, the little uh, caveat or whatever. One of the scariest things in the Gospels, like the, they're the first four books of the New Testament are called Gospels. They're the stories of Jesus. One of the really scary things about those is that there's a subplot in the Gospels. And it's this, that all the Bible experts at the time, not all of them, but virtually all of them, were the ones that were the most opposed to Jesus. And that, seeing is what I do for a living, that scares me a lot, right? I mean, I'm like, yikes, right? Apparently there's an occupational hazard with this thing. Um, and, and it's, so here's, listen to this. When we talk about God speaking to us in the Bible, you got to hear this. It's really important that if you're, if you're serious about this following Jesus thing, and if you're serious about interacting with God, and you come to the Bible, listen, you have to approach it as a place to meet God. Now, listen, I, I, I am pro-study. I'm pro Greek and Hebrew. You, I mean, right? I, I do that, you know? And, and, uh, and, and I, I'm pro-exegesis and historical background. And I, I am. I'm totally, yay. All right, I'm, I'm that guy, right? However, that's not the main thing. The main thing, Jesus said this, you search the scriptures because you think, this, I'm quoting Jesus now, so you know, if I was speaking, it'd be in red. Um, but uh, if it was, if you could see it. You, th you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. <laughs> right? In other words, guess, guess what? The Bible can't give you eternal life. Isn't that weird for somebody who's pro-Bible to say? I'm pro-Bible. Yay, Bible. I love Bible. I mean, I, yeah, right? But they, they can't give you eternal life. Jesus says, these, the scriptures, are that which speaks of me. You want eternal life? Guess where you got to go to get it? Jesus. What's the answer to every question in church? Jesus. You know, what's furry, eats nuts, and lives in trees? Jesus, right? I mean, there's, you know, the old joke about a kid in Sunday school, he goes, sounds like a squirrel, but I'm going to say Jesus, right? It's like, but... I was uh, out having some time with God this week, and um, I, I try to do that. And, uh, and, and I'm going to, let me show you how at least this worked in this one case. 
So um, what I do uh, when I'm out there is I, I uh, look over my old journals. And since I haven't been out there as much this year, I'm kind of behind. So I'm like, I was looking over my journals from two years ago today, like the fall of 2015. And that's, for those of you that know me and are around here, that's when my whole, like, I didn't know it then, but that's when the whole heart adventure was beginning. And I was noticing all these things in my journal about, wow, there's something going on with this. Ah, Lord, what, what are you doing here? You know, and, uh, and then I wrote something about how discouraged I was. Two years later, I'm still dealing with that. All the more sad and discouraged when I'm sitting here at Butch's house. And he's, you know, but this is a, a personal stuff, but I just want to show you how this works. So, um, so I said, uh, so, so just as I'm writing this, so this is literally happening. I'm typing this thing, right? How discouraged I am. And, my, and one of the good things about where I'm at in this desert house is the phone doesn't work. There's no phone service. It's great. It's a blessing. I wish I could live there all the time. And, uh, but um, all of a sudden I see on my phone this, this, po- this Facebook post from Butch's wife, Ann, who's been you know, as processing her own grief, has been posting stuff from Butch's journal. And Butch says, this is, Butch is a friend of mine who owns the house. He says, he says, uh, he wrote in his journal, Psalm 112:7. he will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. And Butch's response was this, Lord, this, is truly been, this has been true lately in my life only because of you and your promises. We can go through any situation together, Lord. And this, are you getting this? This, I'm typing this, boom, phone lights up, there's that on my phone. It's like, and just then, just then, uh, I should quit this story, but anyways, it's, it's, just at that very moment, this flock, and it's, this is desert, this is Akatia, there's nothing out there. This flock of blue, the bluest birds I've ever seen in my life, like 10 of them, all land right in front of me, right? These bunch of, and they're not blue jays, I know what those are, but I don't have no idea what these, it looked like I was in the tropics. And here's the deal. The, the point with us interacting with the scripture is that it is a place to meet God. And so that's what we're doing here, is that's, we're, we're meeting God. The reason we're preaching in the Bible today is because we believe God meets us in his word. Does that make sense? But the point is not, oh, I know more of the Bible. Now, you should know more of, see what a weird line this is? You need to know more of the Bible because it helps you. But that's not the point. And it's one of those weird things that it's easy to feel like that's the point because knowing more about the Bible is manageable. I can do that. Oh, yeah, look, I can get on top of that. But we're talking about surrender, not manageability. Just, eh, never mind. All right, so uh, that's the best I can do on that. And uh, here's another one, the inner voice. This is, a, this is a deeply profound verse. If you're a verse memorizer, which you should be, this would be a good one to put on your list. And it says, Proverbs 20, 27 says, the spirit, look at this. This is so, mm, the spirit of a person, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching the innermost part of his being. Many of you didn't know that was even in the Bible, right? I mean, it's just one of those verses, like this little gem. And the spirit of man, or the spirit of woman, is the lamp of the Lord. Your spirit is God's lamp searching the innermost part of your being. 
God uses your own spirit to in, to, as his lamp to light stuff up in your life, to communicate. Light reveals, it communicates to you. This is that part about the inner voice. God speaks to us, illuminates, guides, and leads us through our own spirit. Last week, we did a whole message on the still small voice, but most of the time when the voice of God is coming to you, it will be through your own spirit. There'll be, it'll be your own thoughts that God will interact with. Sometimes like this might happen as you're reading the Bible, and all of a sudden, a, part, a little part of it will just... And it'll just come and go, whoa, that's just for me. Wow, that was weird. That's weird that I happen to be reading that today, right? There's a word that Mike Burns used a lot um, that's really a good word for this. He would talk about, and we've kind of adopted this language. We, we, he talked about promptings from the Holy Spirit, where the Spirit would prompt you. So this week, there's several journey people that are battling serious stuff right now. So, several people that have... Um, cancers that they're battling that we're praying for victory over. And, and uh, one of them in their chemo, they're, they can't hang around people, you know, their immune system is really compromised. And ugh, you know how that goes. It's, it sucks, right? And uh, anyways, so we get done and we're praying, us pastors are meeting and we're praying. And, uh, and as soon as we're done, Tick grabs his phone and starts sending this message. And he says, I, I feel prompted to to text uh, this person, I think I can say her name, Pam, to text her and say, uh, we just prayed for her. And now here's my question. Was that Tick being a great guy or was that the Holy Spirit prompting him? What's the answer? Yes. Yeah, that's the answer. Is yeah. Here's the answer. You could say yes or who cares, right? Those are two good answers there really doesn't matter, does it? really doesn't matter. Because the, the point is, God is working in us. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching the innermost parts of their being, which is why God speaks increasingly to us as our spiritual life matures. You'll hear, it's like as you as you move, and all things being equal, and they never are, you, you will hear more from God as you go along in this spiritual journey with Jesus. Here's another one, uh, the peace of Christ. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. The, the shalom of God, let it rule in your heart. Here's a little note you should write on the side of your notes if you want, is... The peace of God, the shalom Elohim, the, the shalom of God, listen to this, it's a real substance. It's a thing. It's not just God wants you to be chilled. You know, it's not just, you know, uh, just relax. You know, just calm down. It's, okay, you should calm down most of the time, right? And, and I hope you can relax. But, but the, the peace of God is a thing that comes over you. It's a, it's a force in, in the world, a force in your life. It's something against which you can sin and violate the shalom of God, the shalom on this earth. So here's the deal. The shalom of God, the peace of God can actually lead you, can lead you, and God will always lead you towards shalom, towards, towards peace, towards 
unity, towards togetherness. Whenever you feel like ripping into somebody or calling somebody an idiot or whatever, that's, that's never God leading you to do that. That's never the voice of God. It's never God's going, yeah, you're right, they are an idiot. All right, that's never, that's not God, right? That might be me riding in the car with you, but it's not God. Here's another one, human voices. Often God speaks to us through the people we're around and the people we're hanging out with, human voices. Let the word of Christ, listen to this, here's what's supposed to happen, is the word of Christ is living inside of us and dwelling, in a, living richly inside of us, teaching and admonishing one another in all spiritual wisdom. So part of what happens is just in your, one of the reasons why, if you're listening to this on podcast, hey, how you doing? But I mean, uh, the reason that that's not quite enough is not because you'll get a different message from the front, but it's like there's also messages God has from you from the side, right? There's messages God has right behind you and right in front of you. It, it, there's, in other words, the people around you are, are, have the word of Christ too. And it could be the reason God has you here is not to hear this wonderful message, but, but to hear something from somebody that you're going to bump into or you're going to say hi to. That could be the reason that you're here this morning. Just yesterday, I'm listening, um, I'm at our uh, men's uh, br uh, breakfast thing, and um, the, the speaker was amazing, Super Bowl winner, and uh, that was cool, and uh, he let me hold the Super Bowl ring, that was really fun. Um, I really should have given it back to him, but that was, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I mean, he's a very fast man, could catch me with no, no problem, hopping on one leg, no doubt. Anyways, but... But afterwards, I'm chatting it up with some guys, just, you know, blah, 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 we're just talking, and, and one guy starts talking to me about something, and at first, I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But then all of a sudden, I realize God is speaking to me about something that went on in my life this week through that guy, that God is addressing a situation through that guy. He has no idea that's happening, but it's clear to me that that's happening, and it was, it was amazing, and it was it kind of lifted me up. See, that's, that's how this works, right? And then there's this one more I'll give you. And you know, you could look over the last messages or other outlines and get a, a different list every week. But here's another one, discernment. Jesus said that when the Spirit of God comes, he will lead you into all truth. Look at this. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. When you become a Christ follower, then God, like... The, the breath of God, the presence of God, the Spirit of God actually like goes inside of you and lives in you in your life. And one of the things that that Spirit does is he, he leads you into all truth. And there's this thing called discernment. And like where it's like, oh man, I don't know about that. Or, or yeah, that, that, sounds, that sounds good. And one of the main things God's protecting you from with discernment is from yourself. Because it's quite easy. You've probably noticed this. Like, it's very easy to deceive yourself. Like it's, it's easy, you know, it's a little harder for other people to deceive you, but it's really easy for you to deceive yourself, to talk yourself into something. You ever notice when you really want something that you can, you talk yourself into it and even drag God into this, and yeah, God's, you know, I mean, yeah, if God didn't want me to buy one of these, then there wouldn't have been any in the store. I mean, clearly, right? I mean, I need to have that or God would have like removed it from the store. I mean, come on. He's God after all. Man, we, and we need God the Spirit to lead us into all truth, right? So here's the question of all this. Like the, all these things, right? The question for all of these is how do I know it's God? 
how do I know the inner voice is God and not some knucklehead or not, not somebody on the radio? Or how do I know that conversation I'm having, that feeling isn't just my emotions or just kind of the raw place I am? So how do I know that's God? Well, there's part of it, you know, part of the answer is, is practice, time, maturity. But, but here's things, here's five things that you can use as a beginning place. Like, how do I know this is God? And let me repeat this. This sounds like a repeat, and it kind of is, is the Bible. The Bible becomes kind of a filter for those voices. In the, when you're, when you, the reason it's important to like become familiar with it is that you learn the thing, kind of things that God is likely to say. And by the way, write this, if you're taking notes, write this down too. One of the things, one of the bonuses, the boni, is that plural of bonuses? Anybody know? Anybody know for sure if that's true? Somebody look it up on their phone and let me know for the next service. One of the bonuses is, is those bonis of, what's with the camera there? Are we all right? Come on, let's get, let's get this together here. This wasn't supposed to take this long. There's one slip of the tongue and now you can't. But is this, you also write this down. I think this is, it's not on the outline. I would say this is worth remembering. Is this is, the Bible is where you learn the tone of God's voice. The thing that we've learned, like this isn't new information for anybody, right? Is that, uh, that you almost say more through the tone of your voice than through the content of the words that you're saying. I said, I'm not mad, right? <laughs> it's like every marriage has had that said over it several times, right? What's wrong? What's wrong? Uh, nothing. Nothing. Uh, then you know what you know for sure? Something. Lots is wrong. That's what that means, right? It's where you learn the language of the Spirit. Here, here's, here's a great example. Like in the Scripture, we learn that Every good gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Now, here's what that means. God doesn't have a dark side. I have a dark side, and you have a dark side. I mean, you don't bring that here usually, unless you really get to know people, but I, I have a you know, I have a uh, part of me that's not that pleasant, right? So do you. God doesn't have that. He only has a good side. Now, here's, so here's the thing. A lot of the voices in our head, and some of them that mimic and imitate the still small voice, are dark voices or negative voices. Here's, here's, a, here's, a, here's an emotionally critical verse of the Bible, to know by heart. There is therefore, it's Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're connected with Jesus, condemnation is a thing of the past. God doesn't bank on it to get you to do stuff. Your mom, yes. God, no, right? It's an important tool in the parent and actually it's not, but I mean, all of us parents have used that a little bit, maybe a lot, right? I can't believe you did that. 
I mean, I just can't believe. There's no condemnation. You know, it's like, it's one of those things where, like, a lot of times, and you know, this, is, this isn't like advanced postdoctoral psychological stuff. This is just basic. So we all know this, right? Is that we tend to impute to God like some of the things from our past and our parents. We tend to think that's how God is. We, we keep tending to think that God is a larger version of us or our dads or our authority figures in our life. We just tend to keep tending to do that. And God says, okay, you, the father thing, you, I, I call myself that, so I get that, but you need to understand this, that God says this, for example, he goes, you thought that I was just like you? He says in another place, he goes, with all your sacrifices, he goes, if I was hungry, do you think I'd ask you? Like, uh, it's like the voice of God, Ed, before you come to church, could you swing by in and out? That's like, I, like right? You think God like needs me to, God says, I, no, that's not how it is. There, there's no condemnation. So when you hear voices of condemnation in your head, you're not hearing God. When you hear a tone of voice in your head that is harsh, here's, here's an interesting thing that I'm trying to make myself believe that I know is true. Does that make sense? Like there's stuff I know is true, but I have a hard time emotionally believing it. God never yells. He has no need to yell. Now here's the thing. In my past, my growing up, my parents yelled all the time. All, I mean, if you were raising me and my brothers, you'd yell too. It, maybe God would have yelled too. I don't know. I don't, but, but it's like, so a lot of times in my, in my brain, like when I, I'll hear yelling, right? Well, that's, okay, that's whatever it is, but that's not the word of God coming to me. Remember the translation of still small voice? I know the answer is no, but pretend you do. From last week, kol damama daka is the Hebrew phrase. A voice, a whisper, thin and fine. Listen, you got to understand something about God. God has a lot of confidence in God. So he has a, he's fully aware that his whisper is more powerful than anybody's yelling. And that's what he ranks on. So in the Bible, we learn stuff like that. We learn that we learn to distinguish those voices in our head and those ones that are negative and ripping and tearing us down. When I was a young Christ follower, I, there was a guy on the radio in Orange County. His name was Chuck Smith. And he said one thing about, I didn't even know if he was, knew he was doing this, but teaching us to discern the voice of God. He said, he says, when the devil speaks to you, it's gen like in about something negative. It's general and it's negative. Like, you know, say you've made some mistake this week. Say you've had some sin issue this week. The devil's voice will sound like this. You're such an idiot. You're such a loser. I can't believe you're still doing that. You just had communion this week and, you, and then you go and pull something like that. Listen, you, that's never God. He says when God convicts, when the Spirit convicts you, it's surgical and specific. And even when God talks to you about your sin, it feels like love. You go, how does he do that? I don't know, but I've experienced it. And it's like, that's why they call him God. 
because he can do stuff like that. So with the Bible, it's funny how quiet it's got in this room all of a sudden. Because some of you have experienced that. You've definitely experienced the first, the devil voice, right? Has anybody not heard that in their life? Such an idiot. Such a loser. You're such a, and sometimes there are voices from the past, you know? Like my dad had this phrase. And he, by the way, all parents leave little nicks on their kids. You know, like I, I've always said this, you know, like all of us from our background could easily profit by spending time in, in a psychologist's office. I mean, right? And guess what? Our kids someday, they'll profit by sending time from all the stuff that we've done, you know? So here's another one. Cross current. When a thought, a voice, a prompting is cross current. What I mean by that is that it's, you know how like sometimes you think of something and there's a stream of consciousness that went from A to B to C to D to E to F, right? But sometimes there'll be a thought that'll come flying across your consciousness that you go, where did that come from? Do you ever have somebody from high school 20 years ago that just comes through your head? You're like, why am I thinking of them all of a sudden? Often, that's God prompting you to pray for that person. Often. Because Isaiah says it like this, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I was, um, I told this on Friday a couple of weeks ago, but I, so I'm, uh, I'm at the gym, the 24-hour fitness over there where I work out all the time. And uh, as you can tell, and uh, don't laugh. That's not meant to be funny. And uh, so um, I'm doing whatever I'm doing. And there's a guy, uh, there's a, a trainer guy next to me with this, this uh, elderly person, <laughs> elderly person about my age. And uh, so, um, and she's barely ambulatory and he's working with her and he's, um, he's, so positive and so encouraging. And, in, and I mean this in the best possible way. He's talking to her like it's his own mom, you know? And uh, he's, he's just great and honoring and all this stuff. And I'm just observing this and going, wow, that guy's, that, that's really cool to see that. He's one of the trainers they have at the place. So, uh, I, you know, I'm done. I'm showered up and I'm heading out the door. And, uh, and on the way up the stairs, I feel like God said to me, you should go up to that guy and tell him how inspiring he was. And I'm like, ugh, I don't want to, it's stupid. I don't want to do that. It's like, it's so weird, I'm not doing that. And so, uh, so, I'm, and I, so I get up to the top of the stairs and I'm like, all right, here's, uh, here's, I'll make you a deal. If I walk by and he's not doing anything and it's like convenient, then I'll, do that. But if he's engaged, then I'll know that's not really you wanting me to do that. I'll know that's, that's the devil saying to encourage him, right? I'll know that. So I walk by and he's like, there's this little kiosk where they like check and do this stuff. And, and uh, he's, he's with another guy and it looks really official. And I'm like, see, I, I, you, had your, you had your chance. And so I walked out the door and I'm like, oh, crap. You know what I mean? And so then you got to go back, I got to go, now I got to go back in the gym, you know, and then do the, you know, the, all the commotion to get in the gym and, you know, blood tests and prove my citizenship and all this stuff. <laughs> so I go in there and I go, and, and he's still in this deal and they're in this conversation and I have to do one of these, one of these, 
like this, like tap my neck, like, um, excuse me. And like, like, don't you hate, like, when you have to do that? Just, excuse me, right? And now I'm like, ah, oh, jeez. And uh, I'm like, uh, excuse me, I, I'm a dork, I need to talk to you. And, uh, and I said, um, I said, hey, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, I was over there and when you were working with that client you had before, and I just want you to know, um, you were so uh, honoring and, and kind and encouraging, and I, just, and I just felt something like love coming off you, and, and I just want you to know I'm really inspired and, and thought you were great, you know? And he stuck out as he shook my hand, and he said, this is perfect timing. He goes, he goes, this is my boss, and I'm getting my review right now. You know? And I'm like, I'm like, I knew it. I knew it was perfect timing. That's why I did it now. And because uh, I know those things. I have powers inside. I see stuff that people do. So watch out for those cross-current thoughts. Watch out. That just happened a few weeks ago. Um, watch out for recurring thoughts, things that keep coming up. Remember last week with Samuel, three times, three times. Remember that? Samuel, Samuel. Remember? First Samuel 3, you can check that out. Um, God's word usually has a weight to it. The word glory in Hebrew is kavod. Kavod. Kavod is like in Spanish, pesado. It means uh, it's weighty. It has a oomph to it. I was in a conversation with somebody and it had this thing that was kind of like a waking vision once. And it had a certain weight to it where I know it wasn't just my daydreaming because I was in the middle of talking to somebody, but it had a weight and a oomph to it. And then it's confirmed. It's confirmed. Like look for, look for confirmation. Let me show you this real quick and then we're going to show you a really cool video. We'll wait after a couple more points. But um, no, verse, there it is. Notice Paul says this, do not quench the spirit. Don't be a no guy. Don't be, a, listen, don't be a probably not woman. Well, it could be God, but probably not. You know, the odds are against it. It's probably just me. Don't be that. Don't be that poo-pooing person. Do not despise prophetic utterance. Like when somebody says, you know, I think I might be saying this to us. Don't be the, don't, don't have your knee-jerk reaction be, nah. Don't be that. But examine everything carefully. Hold on to that which is good. So you look at it, and whatever's good, you grab it, right? And everything that's evil, you'll get rid of it. It's not that complicated. But that last verse is a really, if you're a longtime church person, that's a really misused verse. Abstain from every form. That means like if anything ever looks bad, don't do it because somebody might think it looks bad. That's not at all what it means. It was in this context and because Jesus violated that verse all the time. He did all kinds of stuff that looked bad, that people thought, whoa, what is he doing? So it, what it means is when you have a word from God, you go, hmm, is that from God? And you look at it, and if it looks like evil, guess what it is? I know that's a really hard question. It's evil, right? So why doesn't God just say it? Have you ever asked yourself, why doesn't God just spit it out if he's trying to say something? Well, he tried that. He's tried it many times. Right? Mount Sinai. There's a, a story in the life of Jesus. I'll show it to you real quick. Throw that up there. Verse, ready, now. There. All right, now my soul, Jesus says, become troubled. Now this is Jesus speaking to God. Father, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? For this is the purpose I came to this hour. Father, here's the prayer of Jesus. Glorify your name. Then a voice came out of heaven. 
that's what we think it should be, right? Then it settles everything. Then I'll know for sure and I'll believe it. And the voice said, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. And everybody believed instantly. No. So the crowd of people who stood by and heard it were saying, oh, uh, it thundered. And others were saying, an angel spoke to him. Jesus answered and said, hey, it's not for my sake this voice came, but for your... You see that even when God does speak out of the sky, you still got to figure out how to understand it. We will always need faith to step out and trust God when a word of God comes. So here's, here's practically how you can move forward in this. The main one is this. Seek to hear God as a part of a conversational relationship. This is the main thing. This is the main point of it all. This is God's end game, is that you and him have relationship. This is why you were created. This, listen, this is the difference in heaven and hell. What, what is heaven? It's the presence of God. What is hell? Do the math. The absence of God that we choose. Which one of those do you want? See, it's, it's about conversational relationship. Uh, Augie's birthday was this week, not the other Augie, Augustine. And he said, there will be peace, rest and peace. And we'll see and love and love and praise. And that will be the end without end. That's Augustine of Hippo. See, Dallas says conversational relationship where there is appropriate, clear, specific communion, communication through conscious experience from God to the individual believer within the context of a life immersed in the kingdom of God. And we have a great example of that here. You heard a little bit of her story, and here's another part of it. Our, our missionary, who's just one, a regular one of us who's now a missionary in uh, in Africa, her name is Margie Brewer. She's in, um, for some reason, the country's escaping my head right now. Swaziland, sorry, thank you. So uh, this is cool, watch this. Well, I just made some major changes in my life. And one of, I, I thought, okay, I probably, I think I need to find a church to go to. It would be maybe a good place to meet some people I didn't know. And so I was working as a social worker for the County of San Diego in Child Protection and one of my co-workers suggested that I go to Journey, that she thought maybe that would be a good church that I would like to go to. I was at a worship service one, one evening, I guess you call them Selah now, and um, during the service, Pastor Ed said, there is someone here who is feeling guilty about something that they've done and I want you to know that you have been forgiven and that guilt is not from God. The guilt is from the enemy, and he's trying to keep you from getting closer to God. So please know you're forgiven. And I knew when I was in that service that those words were for me, because even though I was so on fire for the Lord, I had once I said yes to Jesus, I was reminded of something that I had done 20 plus years ago, and that I had buried so deep because of the shame of it that I had I had forgotten that I had done that and that was that I had had more than one abortion and I when I was reminded of it I was I felt so guilty 
And like, how could God forgive me of this? And I couldn't shake it really until Pastor Ed said what he said. And I went home that evening and I prayed and I thanked God that thank you for those words. I believed them and I knew that I was really forgiven. I had sort of accepted the fact, you know, of my age and I was single at that, that then and that um, I wasn't ever going to have my own child. That I just, it's like there are consequences for decisions that we make in life. And I just, just you know, that was, even though I knew I was forgiven, I just felt like, well, that's a consequence. I probably took every class that Journey offered and just continued to, you know, to grow and to trust God because I was just, I, that's what I wanted to do. And the more classes I took and the more people I met and the more connections, just the better I felt about being a Jesus follower. And I started feeling this tug on missions, maybe. I had the courage and enough confidence and trust in God to sign up to go on a short-term mission trip where I knew no one. And I'm so thankful that I did because I went that I went on that short-term trip, fell in love with the country, came back, prayed, and said, you know, God, what, what's next? I wrote to the director of the, the leader of the, the team of the group that I had been with in Africa and learned that there was a need at this children's home in Swaziland where we had gone on the short-term trip. Through communication, I realized that God was saying, go. for about four months and a mom came to us with a newborn little boy and said she couldn't take care of him. So when she asked us if we could take the newborn, we didn't want to say no because we weren't sure if she might abandon him or not. So we said, sure, you know, we'll take him. And since we didn't have staff that could do 24-hour newborn care, I said, well, let's put him in my room and let's see, you know, we'll just see what happens. One night, he's maybe a couple weeks after he had been with me, and we didn't have electricity then, so we had, I was, he woke up in the middle of the night. I was feeding him by candlelight. He had fallen asleep by my, in my arms, and I felt the presence of God in a very strong way. I don't know how else to describe it. I just knew the Lord was right there. And he said to me, this is your baby. And um, I... I knew what he was saying to me. He was saying, you know, and, and then he led me into a verse in the message. It's Mark 5, I want to say around 34, because it's in the message. But he said, woman, you took a step of faith, and now you are healed and whole. You know, um, live well, live blessed, something. And, and I knew he was telling me, you know, that, I mean, my, my, my heart's desire that I had buried and had said it's never going to happen. He was blessing me with a newborn. Not only had he forgiven me, but he's blessing me. You know, it was unreal to me. Unreal, but real. Because this was really happening. This was our God. This is the God who loves us no matter what. You, you can do the what-ifs all the way back to what if I never went to journey? What if I never said yes to Jesus? What if I didn't take the classes? What if I didn't join women's ministry? What if I didn't go on the first mission trip? What if I didn't say yes to Swaziland? Not only would I not have the biggest blessing in the world of Danny, I, I wouldn't have the redemption. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known that. I wouldn't have known it. And you know, really, you know what it all it took? 
It was really, it was for me to show up each time he said it and to trust him. That's all it took. And now I've been blessed beyond anything I could ever imagine because of it. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put the rest of the fill-ins online so you can check uh, my Facebook page or Journeys or whatever. But, you know, the, the fourth one, let me show you that verse from John 10. Jesus said this, My sheep hear my voice, and I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish. I love, didn't you love how Margie said, This is our God. You know, like... You think, well, what does it sound like when God speaks to you? It sounds like that. That's, that's the God that is speaking to you. So it'll sound like him. It'll sound like him. And it'll take you places beyond. He'll take you places beyond what you could imagine. And through things that are so hard, you go, how could anybody get through this, let alone me get through this? And, and he'll speak to you even in the midst of those dark and hard times. But here's what it starts with. You have to become, I mean, you have to decide that you want to be his sheep. You're somebody's sheep, you know what I mean? Do you want to be his? And maybe that's your moment right now. Maybe that's what God's saying to you, is you need to come into my flock, be part of this. And I don't force this on people, but you need to receive this. So we're going to pray, and then we're going to enter into worship. And let's, through this time of worship, let's be listening to what God wants to say to us. Would you just bow your head and pray with me for a second? And maybe if this is your moment to become a member of the people of God, the flock of God, just say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I trust you. I believe you. I believe that you died for me on the cross, that you can give me new life. If you've already done that, maybe you can pray this prayer. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Lord, we really are listening. And as we worship you, give us the ears to hear what you're saying in Jesus' name.